as others are grabbing their seats. Kids, would you like to come and join me at the front? And I do have some goodies here. I should warn the parents more than the children. I'm hoping to dose them up on sugar. That's my Christmas present to you parents this morning. Come on, kids. Come forward and have a seat here. Find a space. Wow, you guys are very close. How about you just take one little step back? I'm a little claustrophobic. I don't like kids that much. Just joking, just joking, just joking. Is that all the kids? Are there still some coming? Come on down, kids. Oh, hello there. Merry Christmas. You can sit right there next to me. How about that? That's special. So guess what, guys? It's Christmas. Oh, that was, that was a little bit of enthusiasm there. I think the parents are more excited than the kids. We'll try again. Guess what? It's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Hooray. Who's excited about Christmas? And what sort of things are you most excited about? Who's got something one at a time so that we can all hear presents? That's a good thing to be excited about. Yes. What else are we excited? Pavlova. Okay. All right. I like Pavlova. What are you excited about? Candy canes. Very good. Yes. What are you excited about? What's your favorite thing about Christmas? The presents again. Two votes for presents. One more. That Jesus was born. Whose child is this? Oh, wow. Oh, that's my girl. Okay. She's been brought up well, clearly. That's all I'm saying. No more. You know, there's lots of signs about Christmas, isn't there? We know it's Christmas because there's Christmas trees. Who's got a Christmas tree? You, you had one more thing to say, did you, Noah? Yes, sorry. Pause. Everything. Noah has something to say. Yes. You got your own Cars 2 DVD. That is wonderful. What a great Christmas it's going to be. That is, that is fantastic. So there's lots of wonderful signs about Christmas, isn't there? Who's got a Christmas tree? Who went to sing some carols this year? You got one too. That's good. What else? Did, did you go and see the lights? Anyone see the lights? You watch TV? Great. You watch TV too. Okay. Shh, enough. Thank you very much. Carols by candlelight. There's lots of signs, isn't there? And signs are important. Signs are important because they show us something. And I have some signs to show you this morning. They're not Christmas signs. But there's signs, and I, I want us to. I want you to help me. Is anyone really smart? We've got any really, who's really, really smart? Who's also really humble? Most of you are really smart. So this is going to be easy. This is going to be really easy for you. And if you get the answer right, I'm actually going to give you a special treat. I've got some here. All right. So there's bribery. I mean incentives. Incentives. So I want you to look at the screen here, and I'm going to show you some signs. You ready? Here's the first sign. Tell me what, and put your hand up, okay? Not everybody at once, so that we can have a turn, each of us. Over here, what's this sign? It's a stop sign. What does a stop sign mean? You have to stop, but what happens if you don't stop? You could go to jail. You probably could go to jail. Depends. It's very important, isn't it? Well done. You can have a, a snake. There you go. Come and grab that. You guessed it too. I've got another one just for your amusement. This is not related to the talk, but I just had to mention, who knows what a selfie is? Selfies are bad, okay? Selfies are bad. I'm starting you young. You're too old. Selfies are bad. Next one, please. All right, here's another one. All right, you, no, we'll, we'll save some harder ones for you. 
Lily. Do you know what this sign is? No, no idea. Okay. Let's try somewhere else. Down here. What's this sign? Means you're going the wrong way. What happens if you go the wrong way? You've got to go back and you're going to crash. Well done. There you go. You can both have a snake for that. We should give a round of applause too. They're doing well here. All right, another one. They're going to get hard. I'm just warning you. Oh, that's a bit more tricky up the back. Yes, Malachi. A twist to your... Oh, too easy. Look at that. Round of applause. Well done. There you go. You can have a snake. Can you have your lolly for guessing the stop sign? We've already done that. You can, you can guess the next one though. What's the next one? Let's have a look. Oh, do you know what this one is? What do you think that might be? No nails. Could be. Could be no nails. That's a good guess, though. Well done. That's a good guess. Well done. Good try. Yes? You know what that is? Don't turn around the corner. That's right. Okay, next one. Let's move through these. What do we got? Oh, that's a funny one. What sort of a town is this? No ninjas. A no ninja town. All right, you can have an award for that. There you go. Well done. A couple more. You guessed it too, did you? There's plenty more opportunities. All right. Who wants to guess this one, Rachel? You want to have a guess at what this one might be? Look at this sign. What's going on there? Shh, one at a time. There's something in the road. There is. And the car could crash into it. That doesn't look good, does it? That's very scary. Okay, last one, I think. What is that? One at a time. You're all very excited. You know? A crossing. And what's the man doing on the crossing? Is he doing, is he just walking? Is he sitting down? He's, he's dancing. He's dabbing. What's a dabbing? Does anyone know what a dabbing is? I am like well not up on the, uh, the lingo. You're going to have to all show me what dabbing is later, okay? Because I've got no idea what that. Okay, thank you. That's enough. Enough demonstration. All right. Now, there's one more sign, and this is the most important sign of all, and I need you to listen very carefully. Let's put it up, because this is the sign of Christmas. Here it is. Wow, that's good, but let, let me just tell you what the sign is, Shh, and then you can tell me what it means, okay? So this is the sign of Christmas. Do you know when Jesus was born, the angels came to the shepherds and they said, guess what? There's great news. A savior has been born and this will be the sign. You'll find a little baby. Baby Jesus was born. That's exactly right. And what does that sign mean? Who can tell me that? What does that sign mean? Anyone know what that sign means? They had a party. Yes. Yes. Why were they having a party? The three wise men came, yes. Anything else down here? One at a time, thanks, sweetie. The baby was going to be born because the angels came. Anyone else know what this sign, what's the sign of Jesus mean for us? Christmas. 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 Means Christmas. Yes. Okay, anybody else? Means it's Christmas time. What's Christmas all about? Jesus! And what did Jesus come to do? He came to save us from our sins, didn't he? That's right. And so I want you to think about that. This not only at Christmas, but every time you see a sign, and you're going to see lots of signs. Some are very clear. Some are not so clear. But there's one important sign. It's the most important sign of all, 
And it's the sign that God gives us, the sign of Jesus, who is our Savior. Okay? Good? You going to remember that? Yes is the answer. Yes. Everybody say yes. Yes. Okay, I have a present for all of you. You ready? You can grab a snake or a lollipop because it's going to be a very long, boring sermon just to help you through. There's coloring in sheets. And there you go. Round of applause for the kids. One at a time. You can have a lollipop or a snake. I'm being mauled here. Ah! Haven't your parents fed you this morning? Lollipop or a snake. Merry Christmas. What's the sign? You remember? Remember? Don't forget. There you go. Got a lollipop. Got a snake. Lollipop. Merry Christmas. What would you like? A lollipop or a snake? Merry Christmas. Your little brother? What would he like? A lollipop or a snake? Someone left their dolly up here. Is anyone missing a dolly? There's a Barbie doll. Oh, that's yours. Hey, back to your seats. Round of applause again for our kids. The sign of Christmas. The sign of Christmas. Where's John Crispin? Is he here? John came to me this morning. This is, this is very brave of him. And he said, you know what? I feel like I've written a, a Christmas poem that he'd love to share. Is anyone game to hear John Crispin's poem? Why don't you come forward, John? I'm game if you're game. And you can share with us your poem, written especially for us this morning. There you go. Give it a tick. When I was young, uh, I remember a great gift that I got from my uncle. It was a kite. Not a, it was great because I enjoyed flying it, but putting it together with him was a good bonding experience. And it was one of the greatest gifts that I ever got. But later on, I came to understand the greatest gift of all. Unwrapping the gift, the greatest gift of all. It is a gift that doesn't come wrapped in colourful paper with a fancy bow. You won't find it under a tree festooned with tinsel, baubles and lights. This gift is the most generous gift a person can receive and will far surpass any other gift they have previously been given. You cannot buy or earn this gift. And it doesn't matter how naughty or nice you've been. This gift will renew, transform and mean everything to those who accept it. There is no warranty for this gift, not even an extended one, as this gift lasts forever. No batteries required, as it comes with its own never-ending awesome power. This gift is for the whole world to receive and can bring immense joy when shared with others. What is this great gift? The greatest gift of all is the amazing, sacrificial, redeeming love of God made possible to receive through Jesus Christ, his son. Today, we remember again Jesus as he first came to us as a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, laying in a manger. 
As Christmas Day unfolds, we can again reflect on God's incredible grace and accept the greatest gift of all into our hearts, souls and minds. Receive Jesus, the greatest gift of all. Good on you, John. Thank you. Well, if you've got your Bibles this morning, let's grab them out. We're going to share some scriptures together. And yes, indeed, we're here to celebrate Jesus, who is the greatest gift of all. I want to read a passage of scripture. If you were here yesterday, we read the story recorded in the Gospel of Luke chapter 2 in its entirety. But I want us to focus in on the shepherds and the angels. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says this, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the Lord's word. We focused yesterday for those who gathered with us on the sign of Christmas. In the midst of many signs, the angels give to the shepherd one sign singular. Look for the baby in the manger. And we explored from Luke's account what this sign is. What is this sign? What does it look like? And what I want to point us towards this morning is where does this sign point us towards? What does this sign mean? There's many different signs and we don't have to guess because the shepherds declare it up front. Verse 11, it says, For unto you this day the city of David is born a Savior. What is the heart of this gift? What is the heart of this invitation? Where is it that this sign is pointing us towards? It's pointing us to one place and one place only, God's incredible plan of salvation. Matthew 1.21 puts it this way, you you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And there's many themes that we could focus on in Christmas. If you listen to Christmas messages, it's very common to have a message that's preached or a focus on love, on joy, on peace, on goodwill. Sometimes you hear messages on refugees. I've even heard one Christmas message on the theology of Santa Claus. None of those things are necessarily bad, except for perhaps that last one. But there is something that we need this Christmas, as we needed some 2,000 years ago. And we need it more than world peace. We need it more than love for fellow man. We need it more than kindness and generosity and charity. The world needs a Savior. You and I need a Savior. And some of us here would say, yes, we acknowledge that. We recognize the need. Others perhaps say, well, do we? Do we really need a Savior? I saw this past week uh, an author by the name of Dan Brown, who many of you probably have heard of. He was speaking at the Franklin Book Fair. 
and he's a, a very prominent author. He happens to write wonderfully engaging books, but they come from a particular worldview, a particular perspective, an anti-Christian perspective. And he made this statement. He said as he was promoting his book, and the, the book that he's written is a, a new novel called Origin. He said, humanity no longer needs God, but with the help of artificial intelligence, will develop what he calls a new form of collective consciousness that fulfills the role of religion. He went on to say that the technological change, the development of artificial intelligence will transform the concept of the divine. We'll start to find spiritual experiences through interconnections with each other. No idea what that looks like. It sounds fascinating, doesn't it? Start to find, uh, as he forecasts, the emergence of some kind of global consciousness that we perceive and that becomes our divine. And this is the statement that grabbed me as I, I read his particular theory that he put forward. He said, our need for that exterior God that sits up there and judges us will diminish and eventually disappear. That's what he's suggesting. Do we actually need a savior? Have we become so technologically advanced? Will there be some sort of a push towards a common consciousness that will replace the need for God? And really, as I read that, particularly this statement, our need for God, eventually it will diminish and disappear. This is really what we've heard from the beginning of creation. Adam and Eve in the garden, as it says the serpent tempted them. It said, if you just eat, if you experience the knowledge of good and evil, then you will become like God. Isn't that what we really want? Isn't there something in the heart of humanity that's always longed to become like God, to eventually replace God, to stand in his stead? The problem is, I would suggest, and I want to reflect upon this this morning, that despite all the human effort that we're capable of, despite all the technological advances, despite all of our wisdom, all the intellect that we could ever muster, we will never be able to deal with the fundamental problem of humanity, which we could put in one word. It's sin. That is the fundamental problem of humanity, and it is for that exact reason that we need a saviour. It's interesting as we look at the Christmas story, it kind of seems fitting that so much of the uh, tale is told against the backdrop of darkness. We see the shepherds watching flocks by night. We see the wise men traveling by a star at night. We see the host of heaven appearing in the night sky. There's dreams in the night. It seems to be against this backdrop of darkness that in comes the light. John chapter 1 verse 4 puts it this way, in him... Speaking of Jesus was life. That life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. The world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. We could talk about Isaiah 9. I love this passage, declaring, prophesying the coming of Christ. It says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shone. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government 
There will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. And my favorite part of the whole passage is the last phrase. The zeal of the Lord will do this. It never was about us. It was always about him and his purpose to break through in the midst of darkness and bring his light. The light of the good news, the light of the glorious gospel, the light of salvation unto all. And certainly, as I said, as we look at the Christmas story, there was this sense of a backdrop of physical darkness. You could also say there was political darkness. The people at this time, they lived under political oppression, the Romans, Roman rule and reign. And there was a sense in which there was spiritual darkness. Jesus came and he rebuked the Pharisees for their dead religion, for their religious systems, for their continual practices, the sacrificing of animals as they awaited the promised Messiah. And yet I would suggest that this picture of darkness is far broader, it's far deeper, and it's far more significant than just a physical or a political, even spiritual darkness. Because the issue is not just that there's darkness in the world. And all of us would say, yes, there's, there's darkness in the world. There's murder, there's oppression, there is injustice. But the issue is not just that there's darkness in the world. The real issue is that there's darkness in here. That we are tainted and corrupted by this issue of sin. I know many of us have favorite Christmas movies. Does anyone have a favorite Christmas movie? Die Hard. Okay. All right. It wouldn't feature on the normal list. Fair enough. I must confess, I, I haven't seen many of the common Christmas movies, but I had, it's not Die Hard, but it's a similar movie that I watched a few Christmases ago, and I thought that actually has a great Chris, Christmas message. It's a rubbish movie, so I wouldn't recommend seeing it. It's a movie called, a science fiction movie called Interstellar. Who's seen that one? It's got some good plots in it. It's got Matt Damon, some other B-grade actors. But if you do sit down to watch it, you'll see that there is a world that's been corrupted by evil. War and greed have destroyed the planet on which we live. Great plot already, isn't it, for a science fiction movie? And so what do they need to do? They need to gather together the best of the best and send them forth to discover a new planet. A fresh start is what humanity needs. So Matt Damon, one of the main characters, aptly named Man, M-A-N-N, is his surname. He heads off. The best humanity has to offer. Finding a brand new planet, a brand new opportunity. And yet even there, as he's sent forth, even though all the opportunities are before us as a human race, we find that this new opportunity is not tainted by the corruption of the old planet, but by the corruption in the human heart. And as I sat there, I thought, isn't it interesting, even if we ever advanced to a state as a society, which who knows, we may one day, that we could have a fresh start. We could leave this world behind. We could take the best of the best. We could send them to some faraway planet and start again. We could leave the evil and the brokenness behind. Though we could leave the evil and the brokenness behind, we could remove ourselves from it. Still, we could never remove the evil and the brokenness from the human heart. And that's why the Savior came. He came as light in the midst of the darkness, not just to deal with the darkness of the world, but the darkness of our lives. He came to do what we could never do for ourselves. He came to save us from our sin. 
And I love this proclamation because as the angels say to the shepherds, they say, unto you, unto you, this is a personal invitation to not only the shepherds, but to all mankind. Unto you is born a Savior, offered with the promise of great joy, good news, the glorious gospel of grace. And I would bring this to a conclusion in this way. The one thing the world needs more than anything else is a Savior. The one thing you and I need more than anything else is a Savior. This is the good news. Unto us is born a Savior who gives himself to be nailed to a cross to pay the penalty we deserve. Unto us is born a Savior who says your sins are forgiven. They're washed away. Unto us is born a Savior who says, By my stripes you are healed. Unto us is born a Savior who says, He who believes in me shall not die but have everlasting life. Unto us is born a Savior who says, Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and you'll find rest. Unto us is born a Savior who says, Come to me and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Unto us is born a Savior. The greatest news that we could ever hear and that we could ever celebrate. And we're going to do that with one final song. I invite you to stand. Musicians can come back as we bring this time together. And as you stand and as they come forth, let me pray. Let me pray for us. Lord, it's been good to gather Many of us who gather here regularly, others who are visiting from a variety of places. And Lord, as we move forth into all that this day, and not only this day, but this coming year, seasons will hold. May each of us, in the privacy of our own moment here with you, reflect on that reality of what it means that unto us, not only the whole world, but unto each one of us here today there is born a savior may that truth and that reality resonate in our hearts and may we follow that incredible sign that you give us to where it leads into your everlasting arms of love mercy of kindness and forgiveness we pray these things lord jesus in your wonderful name amen